today's edition of the Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Virtual CFO Solutions, your chief financial officer to handle everything to do with your financials. Book a free, no-obligation consultation right now at www.virtualcfo.ca. Wondering what's currently open in Southern Vancouver Island? Check out the Capital's comprehensive guide to what is currently open, which is updated daily, by clicking on our full list under the News tab at capnews.ca. Hi, I'm Ben Waterworth and welcome to the Capital Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 23, 2020. Today in the podcast, a marmot on the loose in downtown Victoria suspected of being a stowaway, the Ministry of Transportation set to evict a small Saanich encampment and a Victoria police officer suspended and put under criminal investigation. All that, plus find out more about just why BC's embattled killer whales are now enjoying quieter seas and increased fish. Coming up... A loose marmot discovered in downtown Victoria is suspected of being a stowaway to the island. The fugitive was a yellow-bellied marmot, not the well-known Vancouver Island marmot found primarily up island. The individual was also not Roger, the Empress's resident yellow belly, who is older. Wildlife experts told Czech that stowaways in vehicles are common, but that yellow bellies would ecologically threaten the island's marmots by bringing communicable disease. The Ministry of Transportation is evicting a small Saanich encampment established 10 years ago. The elaborate decade-old encampment houses three people next to the Patricia Bay Highway, with the Ministry of Transportation telling Czech that it made the move following a fire in the area. But residents responded by saying that the fire was caused by a passer-through and that they were the ones who contained the fire. Resident Sherry Saboran, who moved in two years ago to escape domestic violence, told Czech that she fears relocating to the downtown streets in the thick of the opioid epidemic and is safer in the forest. People living in Victoria's streets and parks recently told the Martlet that housing wasn't actually available during the May teardowns of the large Topez and Pandora encampments. In the past two weeks, a petition to evict the current Beacon Hill encampment has grown, but the supply of housing offered has not. The city paid $10 million earlier this month for an affordable housing project across from our place on Pandora, but it is undeveloped and years away. The Tla'oquihart Hereditary Chiefs and Elected Band Council have released a joint call for the killer of the nation's Chantel Moore to be charged with murder. Moore was shot in Edmondson, New Brunswick by police during a wellness check at her mother's home shortly after moving east from Port Alberni. The Nation letter also criticises the RCMP for a lack of systemic improvement following commitments two years ago following the missing and murdered Indigenous Women and Girls Inquiry report and calls for mandatory body cameras. A 62-year-old Ontario man was killed by police this weekend in a similar shooting during a mental health crisis, which police are increasingly being called to. The man's family said that they deliberately did not call for police and wanted only a non-lethal response team to arrive. A Victoria police officer has been suspended and is under criminal investigation. A disciplinary conduct investigation under the Police Act is now underway, but which officer or what conduct is being investigated has not been disclosed. Neither Victoria Police nor Victoria and Esquimalt's mayors, who co-chair the police board, would comment to CTV. A wrongful arrest claim from November 2010 has been dismissed. 
The BC Supreme Court determined that police acted reasonably in arresting a Victoria man flagged by his ex-wife as being sexually inappropriate to their daughter. In suing, the man had claimed that the allegation was not credible due to an ongoing custody battle and that the arresting officer's career benefited from the arrest, which the father was released shortly from after a few hours. Last Friday on the podcast, we told the story about how BC's embattled killer whales are now enjoying quieter seas and increased fish. The capital has extensively covered just how Vancouver Island's human population has been particularly hard hit by the effects of COVID-19, but this has come with the side effect of the region's stressed and underfed killer whales suddenly having extra food. Capital Daily editor Tristan Hopper has been following this fascinating story and joins me again on the show today to chat a little bit more about just what has been going on with the animals. Firstly, Tristan, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. This is a very interesting side effect of the pandemic and one that I would think is actually considered a positive to come from it. Was this something that was perhaps expected by killer whale experts? This wasn't something that I, I sort of heard coming out of the scientific community. This was just, I mean, we, we've written, we'd written about the Southern resident killer whales before at the Capitol. And one of the problems, I mean, the number one problem is they don't have enough food. Uh, but one of the other problems is noise. Uh, so they're in one of the busiest marine corridors, uh, certainly in North America with the Salish Sea. And if you're a whale, you communicate using echolocation. You need sound to be able to hunt in certain instances. You're, you're really reliant on sound. As compared to humans, we're, we're mostly uh, reliant on visuals. So, uh, yeah, you have this sound component. So and we'd also reported on the Capitol had this shutdown in marine traffic. So you have no whale watching boats. You have dramatically reduced ferries. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was just spawned by that of uh, let's let's call up some experts and ask them if there's less noise, do you think that's going to be good news for the whales? Has there ever been a recorded situation like this in the past where there has been such a dramatic change in an environment for things like food and the animal's communication? Yeah, there was, but it wasn't for orcas. Uh, it was on the Atlantic coast, and this is just after September 11th. 2001. Uh, so the attacks of September 11th, and you had the, a massive slowdown in marine traffic for security reasons. So uh, I think container ships that were headed for New York were being turned around or or whatever. Anyway, not a lot of ships at sea. And then there was a bunch of researchers who were collecting fecal samples uh, from gray whales. And just by chance, they had all these fecal samples from a period of time in which there was almost no ships at sea. And then they tested them for stress hormones and found out, oh, the whales were super way less stressed out than usual and we're going to say that it's because they were in a much less noisy environment um so that's sort of the only documented case i could find so what what the story is we just sort of called people who study orcas who look at sort of the auditory environment and just ask them what would it be like to be uh, an orca and the, the the two factors they brought up are number one it's going to be quieter so uh, they said, yeah, if uh, an orca returning to the Salish Sea, it's still noisy. There's still a lot of ships out there, but they are going to notice that it's not as noisy as it was. And you've also seen this basic, the stoppage of the sports fishing industry. So that's less competition for fish. And for the southern resident killer whales, who are famously fish eaters, that's all they eat fish, um, they have less competition. So they're probably going to have more food. So as the southern residents start returning to the Salish Sea, right about now, uh, yeah, it's quieter, more fish, so they probably don't know why, but this could end up being a very good season for them. 
And in talking to the people that you did for this article, did you find out if this will lead to any changes moving forward to continue to help the whales? I mean, obviously you can't cancel things like sport fishing or whale watching permanently, and they will ultimately return. But will this situation perhaps bring a heightened awareness to help out the whales a little bit more in the future? I mean, those those changes were underway. Uh, So there was a lot of work put into technology to keep sound down, to use alternate routes. Don't go here. This is where the whales are. Um, Whale watching companies were sort of keeping their distance. So there was a lot of work put into keeping sound down. There was also work put into uh, maintaining food stores. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's sort of the, the tragedy of the southern resident killer whales is it's humans saying, well, we know basically everything we're doing is killing them, but a lot of the stuff we need to keep doing. So, and again, it's it's mainly with the southern resident killer whales. So when you're talking about the big killer whales, this is the transient killer whales, and if you have seen a whale uh, around British Columbia waters in the last few weeks, it's probably a transient killer whale. Uh, they're more likely to eat uh, marine mammals. Uh, so that's a whole different food source. We got plenty of seals lying around, so they're not really dealing with the same problems in terms of reduced fish stocks. So, yeah, when we talk about whales dying out, it's primarily the southern residents. Hmm. Well, it certainly is a unique situation that has occurred due to this pandemic and one that I know we will continue to keep a close eye on. And a reminder to everybody listening today, if you haven't already checked out Tristan's full article via the Capitals website, you can do that right now at capnews.ca. Tristan, always a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks very much for your time today. Thank you. COVID-19 news and Vancouver Island has reported its first new case of COVID-19 in five weeks. Although four EpiLink cases were added to the Island Health total, the last genuine new case was reported on May 14th. In her Monday conference announcing the latest BC COVID figures, Provincial Health Officer Dr Bonnie Henry also outlined the potential next steps towards BC moving into Phase 3 of the province's restart plan. She said that any move towards the next phase would be done so by keeping current practices in place to help retain the province's current strong COVID-19 track record. Gradual easing of restrictions means more activities can get underway, but it does not mean change to our basic principles, the foundations of what is keeping us safe here in British Columbia. And that is our safe physical distancing, making sure that we keep our groups small, so that we're not exposing large numbers of people and we know who we can contact if we need to. As well, my order for no more than 50 people at gatherings and events will be in place until we have effective means to stop COVID-19 in our province. Meanwhile, Dr Henry also responded to a petition from a Victoria man's widow saying overdose deaths take longer to confirm. Dr. Henry told Black Press that the coroner's service updates happen on the monthly timeline in order to confirm toxicology and other factors. As of Monday night, there were 2,871 signatures on Karina Stone's petition asking that overdose deaths like her late husband be shared in Henry's provincial health updates to help humanise them and highlight the crisis, which claimed a record 170 lives last month. Coming up, could you write a story in three hours for a chance at $100? If you could, then stay tuned to find out more. Plus, the latest Victoria weather next. As your Chief Financial Officer, or CFO for short, Virtual CFO Solutions handle everything to do with your financials. 
The virtual part means that they leverage off of technology and cloud-based apps so they can provide these services anywhere. Why is this important? Businesses are now adapting to a new virtual world, so it's crucial to adapt with them now more than ever. Becoming paperless could not only save you money, but also help grow your business. Book a free no-obligation consultation with them right now at virtualcfo.ca. Today, if you're a keen writer and want to give yourself a challenge this Sunday, why not take part in North Island College's annual three-hour writing contest? Their 12th annual contest gives participants a three-hour window on Sunday to write a story based on a clue hidden in a video that will be released at the beginning of the contest. Registrations are now open via the English at NIC website, with participants given a chance to win a $100 prize for the best judge story. That definitely sounds like a fun idea, one that I might even give a crack at. I hope the clue is about turnips, because that's literally the first word that just came to my head, and for some reason I feel like I could write a good story about turnips. Challenge accepted. Before we head off today, just a quick look at the weather for today and the coming few days in Victoria. Today we're looking at a mix of sun and cloud with wind near the Juan de Fuca Strait in the afternoon, aiming for a high of 23 degrees except 19 near the water. UV index will be 8, which is very high. Tomorrow will be a cloudy day, 60% chance of showers as we push for a top of 22. Thursday, sunny, a high of 24, while Friday, also sunny, a high of 22. Still in those 20s for the coming few days, which of course is good news for all. And that's it today for the Capital Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 23, 2020. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to receive all the latest news from Capital Daily directly to your speakers every single day. And if you missed any episodes, you can always check us out on all good podcast platforms to catch up on anything that you may have missed. You can also sign up to the Capital Daily newsletter for the latest news from Victoria and the island in written format delivered directly to your inbox. And make sure to check out the latest in-depth articles from the Experience Capital Daily team at catnews.ca. My name is Ben Waterworth, and as I say in Australia, let's chuck our blocky and circle back for the next episode. Thanks for tuning in and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Today's edition of the Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Virtual CFO Solutions, your chief financial officer to handle everything to do with your financials. Book a free, no-obligation consultation right now at www.virtualcfo.ca. Wondering what's currently open in Southern Vancouver Island? Check out the Capital's comprehensive guide to what is currently open, which is updated daily, by clicking on our full list under the News tab at capnews.ca.